Welcome everybody to Leading to Sales. Thanks for tuning in today. My name is Brett. I am your host and I am really excited today about today's guest. So we're having Doug Wing on and Doug has over 40 years of experience in manufacturing operations, sales, sales leadership. He was actually a co-owner and vice chairman at the Little Giant Ladder Systems before he retired in 2019. Uh, da Doug's dad actually founded Little Giant Ladder, and um, he's got an amazing story. He's got uh, some amazing stories about his dad. We may or may not go into those today, but in 2020, he actually co-founded uh, an investment group called Bohr Investment Group, and now we're going to have him on today, and we're going to be talking all about leadership, sales, and marketing, and how you can look to the future uh, and learn from some of the things that Doug learned in his tenure um, at the Little Giant Ladder Company. So with that, I'll be back with Doug right after our intro. Welcome to the Leading to Sales podcast. Every week, we're bringing you leadership, sales, and marketing strategies to help you move your business forward. Here's our host, internationally known sales and marketing leader, Brett Williams. Hey, Doug, welcome to the show, man. Brett. Thank you. It's great to see you again, and I, it is an honor to to be here. And hopefully, this will be a. Uh, I'm I'm sure I'm going to learn something, but hopefully, that someone will get some some uh, good information out of this this show today. Great to hey, be here. It, it's an honor to have you on. Honestly, it really is. We so for those of you who are tuning in, Doug and I got a chance to to meet um, through a mastermind that we're both a part of, but we really got a chance to know each other. Um, and where I think I've gotten to know so many people at the wild dunes, South Carolina, which is now like the Gittimer hub now, I guess. Right. Yeah. That was, <laughs> a, that's an amazing place. Beautiful. It really is. It really is. We're, we were actually, I'm not going to go down the, we're, we were looking at places to vacation as a family. And that was one of the places we, we were looking to consider. But anyway, um, nobody tuned in to hear me talk about my vacation. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, Doug, I, I really, I, again, I can't tell you how much I've, I've looked forward to having you on the show just because your experience is so varied. And in talking with you before the show and even in months past, just kind of getting to know you, you were raised in a very unique environment um, and, and in an environment where I think you've you've probably got so many pearls of wisdom in your brain between what you learned and what your dad taught you that so many of us don't even know that's just kind of like un unconscious competence to you. And it's, it's so cool to hear you drop them sometimes and you don't even realize you have. So I'm excited for all of our viewers to get a chance to learn about you, get to know you a little bit and hear what you've got going on. So introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on right now and, and some of the stuff you've done in the past. Well, I, I was really blessed to, to be born in a amazing family with uh, a dad who was huge risk taker, uh, super confident person, didn't take no for an answer and taught us that, you know, with hard work and determination, uh, we could really do anything that we wanted to in life and, and, and led by example. I mean, the guy was just whatever he tried, whether it was, you know, he was almost 40 years old and he started riding dirt bikes and people were laughing at him, his friends, and he was crashing and, within six, seven, eight months, he was beating them all. He just had this drive, <laughs> you know, he just had this drive, whether it was, you know, doing that running marathons, um, in business, water skiing, anything. He was just really, really competitive. The only thing he wasn't good at was golf. <laughs> and he finally quit. 
But um, <laughs> but anyway, no, I was really fortunate to have a great family and upbringing in Utah. And my mom was a huge impact in my life too. She grew up in Germany, dirt poor during the war, was a teenager and half their house was blown apart. And, and so from her, I really learned how to manage money and um, to, you know, to be a saver and to, and just take, take care of, of what I had. So my mom and dad kind of balanced each other out really well. One was kind of a maverick and, and would risk it all. And my mom was like, you know, I don't want to run out of money. So, I mean, they were great though. Really, really great family. And um, again, I grew up in Utah was um, my dad was in the military when I was, you know, obviously I was born in Germany. My dad was over there and met my mom and um, later we came back to Utah uh, in a little town called Springville where my where my dad was born and raised and um, it was a great place to to grow up and and then um, you know from there I started working with my dad cleaning bathrooms and sweeping floors and unbelievably worked you know my brother and I worked our way up the company and I really appreciated my dad. Um, he, you know, you didn't like it when you were younger because you did the <laughs> same thing over and over again every summer. You'd be building ladders and it got really monotonous. And But he did that, I think, for a reason to teach us, you know, not only to know everything about the business, but then to appreciate those jobs and the people that did those jobs. And some of those people have worked for us doing those same jobs for 25, 30 years. And so, it really teaches you how to respect, you know, the position and, and what they do and, and people. Yeah. And I think, you know, in hearing those stories and, I, and we don't have to get in, we're not going to probably have time to get into to all of them, but, um, that I've had the blessing of being able to hear you share. But I think the thing that struck me the most was how your dad built that leadership, built those leadership qualities into you, those servant leadership qualities into you really from, from what you've told me from a very young age, I mean, you kind of just grew up in that environment and almost, I don't know if you did or not, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's almost like you didn't know of any other environment other than that being the environment to kind of come up in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the culture at Little Giant, you know, when I was there and growing up through the business was always that the people there are the most important uh, asset that the company has and you got to take care of the people you got to build people you got to give people chances i mean for example the, the the ceo of little giant right now started in manufacturing does not have a college degree and worked his way all the way up in the company and those types of stories like that are really really rare yeah. um you know it, in companies i mean they do happen but not very often i mean so uh, again my dad's philosophy was build people and the rest will come. And, yeah. uh, certainly I learned that's one of the most important things that I learned, uh, is you got to take care of people, uh, treat them right, remember their names and treat them like family. I mean, my father could go back and, and, you know, two, 300 people. And he remembered every person by name. He knew something about them. So he really set the example. Uh, he didn't just talk it. He walked, walk the walk too. That is so awesome. That's I, I had a mentor once teach me that leadership is spelled E-X-A-M-P-L-E. And yeah. it sounds like your dad embodied that. Um, so what do you, you know, from when you're thinking in, in today's world, much like you talked, you kind of alluded to this, you don't see very often that, and I don't want to say rags to riches because that's not really the, the right term, but you don't really see that career development pro process. You don't see the, hey, I started out 
you know, sweeping the floors or running the machines. And now I am the CEO from, you know, if you will, an organic standpoint, what kind of dynamics do you think that that brings to a company that you don't see anywhere else? Well, I think it really gives people hope. And um, we always tried to hire from within. Now, if, you know, obviously somebody who's cleaning the bathrooms, you know, in five years can't become the chief financial officer <laughs> of the company, but, you know, because they have to have training and bank, you know, they've got to have banking experience. They've got to have the degrees and things like that. But from, uh, from within, you know, uh, within reason, yeah. um, I mean, there was, there's, there's a, there's so many stories. We had a guy that hardly would talk to anybody at work and he was there for gosh, 20, 25 years. He was so shy. And eventually he, he worked his way up to being the foreman of all of manufacturing. And um, my dad just had this ability to see people not as they currently were, but as to what they could become. And so, you know, he, he would help people to grow and stretch and give them positions that at first they were like, no, I can't do this. Um, you know, this is too hard. And he would say, you know what, you can do this. And he would help them to grow. And, um, this, this guy that was the foreman, he was so funny. He would hardly ever talk and he had to talk eventually. And so he, there was a lot of stories like that, where he would see people see some growth in, in them and let them, you know, move up and, and, um, they would grow as a person as well. And so it would help the business, you know, and it would also help the individual. You know, it's, I, I, this is a rant, kind of a random question along that same line. But one of the things that struck me is, you know, you talked about your dad being a risk taker. And my guess is in order to have the, or give people those opportunities, he had to be willing to take some risks and probably had some that didn't work out so well. You know, Hey, I see potential in you, you move somebody up and then you're like, Oh, well, nope, never mind. You're choosing not to display that potential. I mean, is that something that you saw? Because I know I don't see that a lot in executives today that are willing to take those kind of risks. Well, there were there were some that didn't work out, but um, for the most part, I mean, we we had a lot of people, employees that stayed with us for a long time, and I think uh, part of that was is how they were treated. Uh, like, for example, just a small little thing that Little Giant did. Every person that worked there, every employee got their birthday off, gets their birthday off with pay every year. Now, wow. does that does that cost the company a lot of money? Not really, but, um, you know, it's just a small little thing and people really love that. And so we just did these little things to make people feel important and to, you know, build them up. And um, they loved it, you know. So, so I think that, again... Uh, just what I learned from my, my, my parents and especially my dad was, is that, you know, your biggest asset is the employees. It's not your product. It's not your patents or anything like that. And, and so, um, take care of the people. And I found that by taking care of the people and I'm mean, really loving them and taking care of them, like they were family, those people, the majority of them would would go over mountains for you. I mean, they would do anything to help you. Yeah. I've seen that more and more that when you've got those leaders that are put what I would call positional leaders, the, the level of loyalty and dedication there is like nil. Mm -hmm. um, but when you have those leaders who are willing to kind of get their hands dirty and, and be there for their people at a different level, it's, um, yeah. it's amazing. Well, and one thing I learned too, is that, you know, if you treat your customers that way, if you treat your vendors that way, you know, um, I, I remember, 
you know, my dad had this saying, if we were in a meeting and like with a vendor and he felt like, you know, we were getting the lion's share or they were getting the lion's share. He had this little saying that he would say, he would say, hey, if it's not a good deal for everybody around the table, then it's not a good deal. And even if it was in our favor, he would say, he would tell him that he's like, let's, let's change this because, you know, it's not a, as good a deal for you. And so he was very fair, very honest. Uh, he had another saying that, uh, he would always tell the salespeople, little giant, he could, he would say in meetings, you can tell people and customers anything you want to, as long as it's the truth. And that was just one of my favorite quotes from him, basically yeah. just saying, you know what, we're going to, we're going to have honesty. We're going to have integrity. We're going to sell that way. And we're not going to, you know, uh, be dishonest in any way whatsoever. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, that I remember from our conversations when you were talking about some of the history of Little Giant was, you know, it, it was a roller coaster ride. It wasn't, you know, just kind of like this complete steady, uh, what is it they call that? The exponential curve up and all that. Um, and so going through those roller coaster rides um, of building a business, what would you say were some of, I mean, obviously your dad, a lot, so many of your dad's principles played in part, but what would you say was some of the things that you all did to maintain that tight knit environment while still <laughs> driving the company toward growth the way that you did? Well, the one thing that really helped us was that my dad was going to be an engineer and he really liked quality. And so um, my dad would never compromise the quality and many times our products were twice as much money as other people's. And there is a reason for it. Uh, you can copy anything nowadays. And, you know, our ladders were uh, often, I would say, imitated, but never, they would never come out with the quality. And so my dad would always say, we're never going to compromise on the quality. And he would, he'd had this line that he'd say, you know, somebody would come into my dad's office and they go, have you seen this latest knockoff? It's half the price. And my dad would look at him and he'd say, they know what their product's worth. And so do we. And so he would just calmly say it. It's not a big deal. Don't worry. Um, those ladders are going to break. Eventually people may switch over and then they're going to learn the hard way. And so by doing that, we, you know, again, we never compromise quality. And one thing that the other day I was talking to Ken Walls and he goes, you, you guys must have had a lot of lawsuits. And I said, no, we didn't have very many because we always maintained our quality. We didn't go and build a $39 ladder that you see in Lowe's or Home Depot. We stayed out of that market. We just stayed in the upper tier and the, the higher quality. And so again, customers loved it. The product was had an amazing um, reputation. The brand name was so strong. And then all, also it served us well as we stayed out of a lot of lawsuits and courtrooms. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I could... I love that. It's you, uh, they know what their product is worth. And so do we, I mean, that's just, that's <laughs> money. I mean, that's, you know, it's that quality mindset across the board and realizing what you've got. Yeah. My dad had these little nuggets, you know, he had such a quick wit and he would just come up with these. And as, as through the years I've written those down and, 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 you know, and then those are a lot of those will be implemented in these little, um, really his philosophies on, you know, how to run a company and, 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 and make it work. And, but yeah, as it went back to little giant started in 1972 and, you know, we were a manufacturer and man, we, in the seventies, you know, late seventies, early eighties, the economy was terrible. The interest rates were high. And so, you know, as we, and then when, you know, president Reagan came in, you know, things improved, but 
people nowadays, I think when you see some of the tech startups and just the amazing growth and um, man, that then they do, you know, they do these IPOs and they sell them for billions and billions <laughs> of dollars. And sometimes, you know, they just explode. I mean, things like Uber and, you know, yeah. all these different tech companies, you know, Little Giant was something I'm glad you brought that up because it was a journey. And my dad always said, look, we're in this, this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. And so um, it took a long time and um, we had some scary moments and, you know, we always made it out of them and, and uh, it, it was, it prospered and, and did well, but it took time and a lot of hard work and effort. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, and that's, I think that's one of the differences is because the, there's such a spotlight put on these companies that have these huge IPOs and, and what's often not seen is the companies that are successful that are bootstrapped. And it's very rare that those companies go from zero to a hundred million dollars in six months by yeah. being bootstrapped, you know? And so it's, I think it's respecting that process more and more um, and, and seeing that now you, both you and your dad, and I'll throw some comments up here while we're, while we're going, we've got my amazing wife, the most intelligent person I know popping in here. Oh yeah. There <laughs> and we've got Cody tuning in here. Cody's coming in to say, Hey, Hey Cody. Um, yeah. And so one of the things that, that struck me, and I just, I think I've said that multiple times because there were multiple things that, you know, in, in our conversations that really struck me was not only were you all willing to get your hands dirty as far as in the manufacturing side, but you, both you and your dad and, and, and even, you know, some probably, I'm sure your family as a whole were involved in the business development side. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, boot for lack of a better term, boots on the ground out there, you know, getting new business and things like that. So what was that like, you know, with little giant early on. And then, and I know you can you left in 2019, but what have you seen that has changed and, and will continue to change? Yeah, those are good, great questions. So for example, in the beginning, we just sold uh door to door, you know, like toe to toe type of thing, not door to door, but we sold at trade shows and home and garden shows and state fairs. And so it was a toe to toe sale. Obviously there wasn't an internet back then. So people couldn't check pricing and different things like that. But one thing that was really amazing is that we didn't have a distributor program and we had this huge um, ladder company. It was a retailer in, in, in LA, Los Angeles, and they're still one of our um, distributors, but they were the first distributor uh, that ever came on board with us. And um, I'm, I'm very good friends with the owner still. And it was funny because he goes, I remember calling your dad and saying, you know, Hey, Hal, this is Brad over at, sunset ladder and i want to buy you know some ladders and he goes your dad goes we don't have a dealer program <laughs> you know <And> so, <laughs> so it just kind of happened on the fly and he goes well i want to place an order right now for 100 ladders and my dad's like i guess we better have a dealer program a distributor <laughs> program so he, you know uh it was just we just kind of i mean it was a lot of it was just kind of flying by the seat of your pants at the beginning right because we didn't yeah. know okay okay we got this down and now people want to sell them in stores and and then, you know, later on the, 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 you know, the big boxes come, come calling and that type of thing. And so, but um, that's just one example of, you know, we just, I mean, we didn't have a program resale program and we got one real quick because <laughs> we, you know, just out of necessity guy goes, here's an order for a hundred ladders and, you know, hit, they're still today selling our ladders, but, you know, and then the internet came along and the infomercial and, and we got mapping because people were, you know, trying to lowball the prices and different things like that. But, you know, today I know that, um, you know, with COVID, 
and you know little giant was sending spending a lot of money uh for salesmen to travel all over and to do you know again presentations safety presentations and things like that and when covid hit my brother and some of the others there at little giant they did some pretty smart things they um they actually created like three or four studios and they have what's called little giant live and so they'll nice. do yeah it's, i mean it's brilliant they took their you know travel budget and did this and paid cash for all these studios and beautiful studios. I mean, they are like, they look like QVC studios or something <laughs> like that, but they, the cameras they have and things like that are incredible. And so they'll make appointments with companies and then they'll do the live presentations right there. And, um, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's that really is neat. So awesome. Interactive presentations. I love that. That's yeah. Talk and, about a wave of the future. <laughs> well, and as you know, little giant products are very demonstrable, right? Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if you see it on TV. I mean, I guess it's nice to touch it and feel it in a store or in, in person, but you can still get that same uh, excitement when, when you see the presentation of, hey, here's a bunch of step ladders, extension ladders, staircase ladders, scaffolding all in one, or, or it can do this and that. So yeah. it, it's, the, the company has great innovation, great products, and they demonstrate very well. And it sounds like, you know, there's you've above and beyond just the culture of, valuing people, which, uh, you know, anybody who watches me or listens to me with any degree of, of, of frequency, you know, that that means an enormous amount to me, but above and beyond that, it sounds like you all really baked in a culture of adaptability and, and mm -hmm. kind of just the willingness to, Hey, go and something good's going to happen and figure it out on the way if you need to. Yeah. Well, I can, if, if you got time, I'll give you an example of that. Yeah, so, yeah. um, we, we actually took over and I was a big part of this and had some good people working with me and the engineers, the designers and, and the, the guys at Little Giant. But so we had the cable companies, all of the cable companies come to us and say, hey, we our guys are getting hurt carrying around 100 pound ladders and they're hurting their shoulders they're hurting their backs. They're dropping them. They're smashing them into people's houses. They're you know, it's costing us millions of dollars. I mean, these are Cox, Comcast, you know, Bright House, all these um, charter, all these big companies. And they came to us and keep in mind, we weren't even building fiberglass extension ladders at this time. They said, we've been to, you know, the biggest ladder company the all these other ladder companies, they lied to us. They said they'd build it. We need a 50 pound ladder. Can you guys do it? And within like three or four months, I kid you not, these guys, little giant who are super smart, they came up with a ladder that was 28 feet tall uh, 375 pound capacity and it was 50 pounds. Now, wow. amazing, right? We've never yeah. done this before. And so we have the ability, we had the ability, we've always been able to do this to quickly adapt and change and listen to our customers. We listened to them and then we provided solutions. So we actually went in, took these ladders and they have this committee meeting every six months with all the cable guys, all the safety directors are good friends, even though they're competitors. We, we're invited back to the meeting. We show them the ladder. They're totally blown away. I mean, blown away. They said, we need like 50 of these ladders so that we can send them out to our technicians and let them try them. And so we build these ladders. We send them out to these places. And I'm telling you, these guys, think about going from a 90 to 100 pound ladder to 50 pounds. It's huge. Yeah. They, they, the guys would, and they were supposed to share them, right? They had them for a week and then they give it to another technician. So what happened was, is guys would pull into the yard in the morning, you know, they go to the Comcast yard, they get their paperwork on where they're going. You know, they might have 10 stops that day 
And when the guy goes in to get his paperwork, another tech's waiting in the bushes and he runs over and grabs the ladder off of his van and puts <laughs> it on his van. Guys are almost like beating each other up over these. And then guys didn't want to give them up. They, the, the safety directors would say, we need that ladder. And he goes, nope, that's my ladder. So what happened within a short period of time is um, they found out that these were saving them millions and millions of dollars. And so they were just going to do it through attrition and that all changed. We took over the whole cable market, uh, which was millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. And I'll never forget, I ran into the CEO of Warner Ladder. I was at a show and the guy walks up and he goes, man, he goes, you guys not only took some of the cable market, you took it all. And I just looked at him and said, yeah, we did. And he goes, well, we're going to get it back. And I just said, good luck. Because they they didn't listen. They listened and then they just didn't do anything about it. And so all those companies just hated those guys because they said they're just liars. And so anyway, um, we uh, we were very fortunate and blessed. But the key is, I think, is that we looked for opportunities. We were prepared for opportunities. And then we were able to really adapt very quickly um, for example, too, on that fiberglass rail, we'd never, you know, we were buying it from a company in Virginia and within like 18 months, they raised our prices like 40%. And we go to them and we're like, Hey guys, we can't do this. And so the CEO of little giant goes in with some engineers and he goes, we're not leaving this place. They bought the equipment to do all the poltrusions themselves and said, guys, we can figure this out. We're not leaving this place until we do. And we actually developed a propri proprietary rail that was, you know, this lightweight rail and everything and did it on our own. And, um, I mean, just some amazing, super smart guys that uh, made us all look really, really good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll say some quick hellos here. We got Ron Goodwin tuning in. Hey, Ron. Another one for my wife and the great Ken Walls is yeah. tuning in here. Ken is has become one of my best friends. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Absolutely. He's he's awesome. Yeah. Um and you know so going I, I want to go back briefly to some of the points that you hit cuz this is again this is one of those things where when when Doug is just talking about these amazing things that that little giant did and that that he did and that his teams did to him it's just like that's just the environment. But I think some of the keys that really stood out to me was first and foremost was you all were standing by and ready. You were prepared to adapt. Like it mm -hmm. wasn't just a matter of you were willing to adapt, but you were prepared to adapt and you had the tools in your tool belt to do so. And then the other piece of that was that you were not just listening to the market from a macro level, but that you were building the relationship so that people felt that they could actually say, Hey, this is a need that I have. And then you were prepared to adapt and meet that need. Yeah, that's a big key is, you know, all the time that I've spent in that I did spend in sales is I, I did learn that you got to listen to the customer and then you got to provide solutions, what they're looking for. And okay. but the relationship part is huge, right? You're building relationships with people. And I'm telling you right now, I can call the, the former head of charter safety who lives in Denver. Um, he's in my phone. We talk. I know this sounds weird, but I still talk to my customers. He's retired. I'm retired. I just texted him this morning about something and um, we're really good friends. And so uh, a lot of the people that I did business with are really, truly my friends. And so 
Um, I think that's a big part of it is develop the relationship of trust, right? You have to yeah. develop that relationship and then do listen and then do what you say you're going to do and deliver with quality. And those things will really make you successful. I mean, we were, my dad had this little saying, you know, salesmen would get a big head and they'd be like, I sold, you know, 300 ladders last month or whatever at this show. And my dad would say, listen, pal, the ladder, never forget this. Our products make you and all of us look very good. And <laughs> he was right. I mean, I, I told people that all the time, you know, I would do presentations and people would be like, you're, that was an amazing presentation. And you got to remember, you can't get a big head. It really is the products that, that were developed there. They were fantastic. And when you build quality, uh, and you listen and build what people want and innovate, man, good things are going to happen. Absolutely. So with all of these, um, with all of these principles that you've put into place, both in your life and, and what you learned from your dad, um, we're coming here to, towards the end. So as we start moving in that direction, you know, it's amazing to see leadership like this in place, but sometimes it's, you know, as leaders, we can sometimes be in that place where we're like, God, how do I get it all in place? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I know you're in the process of putting some stuff together um, so that people can really study some of these principles that you were able to be blessed to, to grow up with, but people can study them and begin to place it, talk or put them into their own companies and business and life. So, I mean, I, take a few minutes and just tell us about the, this project that you've got working right now. Yeah. So the idea was, is, you know, my dad passed away about nine years ago and again, a high school, you know, he's got a high school education, some college, super, super smart guy. One of the smartest guys I've ever met and known. And I had the I mean, he was my dad and I was able to, to be mentored by him. And, um, so I thought, you know, when I retired, I thought, you know, my dad was so wise and so smart and so successful. And he had these principles, these core principles that really helped little giant. I mean, they, they just, they helped everybody. And so I thought, why not take these, you know, principles of how wing and let's write a book about his story and about those principles and how they can help other people, whether they be they be sales teams or just regular employees or leaders of companies, on how to treat people. I mean, again, not just your employees, but your vendors, your all the people you have relationships with, your distributors, and different things like that, and apply those into not only a book, but let's put it into a training program that you know, that we can use and help other people grow their business and become more successful, develop relationships with people, learn how to treat individuals. And um, everything, everyone that's going to, you know, be a part of that is, is going to benefit. And so, um, yeah, we've, I've got my book that's um, called, it's, the name of the book is Giant Success. And then it'll have, you know, the 15 core principles and values of, uh, of Hal Wing. And uh, it'll be in the book and it'll be part of this wonderful training program. And, and I see you got my website down at the bottom, but yeah, dougwing.com. There's actually a place on there. When you log in, uh, it'll pop up in a matter of a few seconds and, and you can actually go on there and register to be uh, informed when this book comes out. And so that's what I've been working on now for, you know, the past several months. In fact, you and I were at a, the book writing uh, yeah. class in North Carolina, but again, I've never written a book before, but I have, 
all of these great stories and principles. And, and so I've got some good people helping me. And um, I, I feel, I know that this is going to be something that's really going to benefit a lot of individuals, employees, companies, leaders, uh, different things like that. Yeah, I think that will definitely be um, an amazing book. I'm looking forward to my signed first edition copy. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put a claim on one. <laughs> and did you see? Did you see what? No, yeah, you're going to get one for sure. Did you see what Ken Ken Walls just? He's, there you go. He's pumping it up a little bit, which is there great. There you go. We got Ken sharing it out to get registered at www.dugwing.com. And so for those of you later, because I know so many of our listeners will catch this afterwards, either as a replay or as a podcast. Again, that website is www.dougwing.com. I will put it in the show notes for the show, and I'll make sure. Actually, Ken has already put it into the uh, comments for us, so we've got it in the comments. Yeah, and I'll make sure it's too, on the platform. Which is great. Thank you, Ken, yeah. for sharing. That. Yeah, this will be. It'll be awesome. And and this is one of those books that, you know, whenever it comes out, I can't wait because it is. I think it's going to radically transform some people's mindsets and businesses by putting some of those foundation foundational principles that you and your family and your dad used to grow mm -hmm. an amazing company. Yeah. With not just an amazing company on the, on the bottom line, but an amazing company on the people line. Yeah. And, and you're exactly right. And I appreciate you saying that, but you know, even for an individual to read that who may just be an employee of a company, you know, he can use those same skills in whatever field he's in to, you know, again, develop relationships and, and use those to help develop, his friendships and, and, you know, the interactions he has with other people as well. So, I mean, we're all kind of in sales, you know, a lot of us are, we sell ourselves. And so, but yep. uh, no, I think there's, people are really going to enjoy some of the stories are really good. I mean, they are all great, you know, and I like them, but I'm kind of biased, but they, <laughs> and the thing is they teach, they really teach principles too. They, and, and, and there's some fantastic stories and you may have heard a few of those, but yeah. So I think everyone's going to really enjoy as, as we talked about before, here's a guy that took this company and he was the first year he, he sold half a million dollars in 1972 worth of ladders by himself, toe to toe, sleeping in a station wagon on top of foam pads on ladders. And he always said, I was eating cheese and crackers. I had a little cooler in my station wagon and, you know, he couldn't afford to stay in a hotel every night. And so he would about every four or five nights, he'd get a hotel so he could shower. I mean, he would he would go in the mornings into gas station restrooms and brush his teeth and shave. I mean, who does that today? Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Yeah, exactly. And, nobody. I mean, you know, none of us, I don't think any of us would do that today, but that was the price my dad paid to, to, to get things going. And he just had an incredible drive and fantastic attitude. I'm grateful, yeah. just grateful for the opportunities that he, that he really gave me and my brother and several, you know, other family members that worked there. But Man, he made us earn it. He didn't give a free ride. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty intense. And he, I, and I, you know, again, when you're a teenager, sometimes you're like, oh man, this is not good. But you know, yeah. looking back now, I I love my dad. I'm so grateful that he just didn't just give it to us. I mean, he really had us. He he made us work it. You know, and and I'm grateful for that. And I think that's one of the things that's lacking today in some of these younger kids is that you know it's kind of the work ethic and things like that. Yeah. And that's part of this book is. Man, my dad was, he was super, super strict and super intense, but I'm grateful for it. Yeah, that's so true. You know, you said people won't do it. Ken said he, tr he showered in a truck stop today. So Ken's, <laughs> yeah, paying, Ken's paying the price. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, it, what it really makes me think of is 
is Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And and I really, I told somebody the other day, I feel like this book should have been titled Think, Comma, Work and Grow Rich. Yeah. Um, because, you know, he talks about the definite major purpose or the definiteness of purpose. Um, and that's what, when I hear the stories of your dad sleeping on ladders in a station wagon to build the legacy, speaking of, you know, the legacy, as Ron Goodwin has said it, to, to uh, that he handed down to you and your family, but he didn't just hand it down to you and your family. He handed it down to the entire company. And in my opinion, now you're, you're going to build a platform that can hand it to the entire country. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, because he started with that definiteness of purpose and was willing to pay the price. And, and I'm telling you guys, for those of you who are in sales, who are tuning into this right now, you're in leadership and, and you're, You've considered the the romantic version of entrepreneurship. Um, you know the the grit and the drive is what gets people there. You know the the grit and the willingness to sleep in the back of your station wagon on foam pads on top of ladders, so that you can then go sell them to build the legacy. That's what's going to build you the legacy, and that's that's one of the reasons that I even titled titled the name of this show "Standing on Giants" because I just think it's that's what that's what we all have the opportunity to do, especially things like your. Uh, like your dad did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad was a small guy physically. I mean, he was about five seven, and um, but man, what a giant heart he had! I mean, he was just so feisty. One of the my favorite stories is when um, the two brothers that owned Werner Ladder Company, and they're not the Werner Ladder, the Werner people, the brothers, the family. They're not really involved anymore. They sold it. But the two brothers from Werner Ladder Company in that very early days walked up to my dad and said, "Wing." you are an idiot. You are going to fail. You will never be successful with this ladder. We could have had it years ago and um, you're just going to fail. And my dad said that day, those two guys just lit a fire under me. Like, you know, I'm going to make this, I'm going to be successful. And ironically, over the last 30 years, you know, they tried to buy the company like three times and my dad would never sell it. <laughs> and um, they were the, they were there, you know, and trying to buy it. And, and uh, he just wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. But uh, I, uh, it was, it was cool. I mean, stories like that to where, you know, they, you, one thing you tell my dad, he would say, you know, when people tell me it can't be done, I'm ready to go. So he was just a great guy and um, super, proud of him, super glad that I was, you know, born in his family and could learn from him, but he was what a competitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really, that's awesome. That's I've learned that. I've, I've learned that about so many people. It's kind of a, if you tell them they can't, that's a pretty surefire way to so many people that are, that build legacies like your dad did. If you mm-hmm. tell them that they can't, that's a pretty surefire way to make sure that they do. Yeah. So as we're closing out, I mean, I don't, I, I'm going to close with two comments here from the, from the live show. <laughs> So you've got Ron Goodwin saying better to leave your children a wise legacy than a big bank account. And I completely agree, Ron, uh, could not agree more. Uh, but then I also cannot agree more with Ken who's coming in and saying, I wouldn't mind being left a big bank account either. So I could definitely see both sides. Um, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'll tell you what, when my dad was, you know, still involved in the company, I, I know for a fact that my brother and I, for the most part, we weren't always the highest paid uh, employees in, you know, throughout the, now after my father was gone and my mother was gone, um, you know, I mean, we were obviously, there were four individuals that were running the company and we were two of them, but you know, that changed a little bit, but 
man, we had to, I mean, he made us work and work hard. And, and, um, my brother always said it was like slave labor, <laughs> child legal. It wasn't, wasn't there like child labor, child labor. Laws. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, dad got away with all this stuff. But again, it, you know, it was, we were taught how to work, which was just fantastic. And, um, we were taught to believe in ourselves, to have great attitudes and, and to believe that through hard work and, and, you know, perseverance that we could achieve anything. And I believe in America, that's still possible today. Uh, there, there still is an American dream and it's a great place, the greatest place in the world to have a company and to live. Those things are still available through, you know, through, through the, through all those core principles and values of hard work um, not giving up. And, and then again, honesty, integrity, and um, treating people, man, I'm telling you, there's so many people who just want to take advantage of people. And I still believe today that if you treat people well and take care of them and put people first, yeah, you might have a few people that take advantage of you, but you'll, the good guy can still win. And uh, I believe that. That's so true. And I, I cannot think of a better way to, uh, to close out than with what you just said. So if you'll hang out for a minute, Doug, thank you again so much for coming on. It's been a true honor to have you on and, and I'm, I'm definitely going to have you on. Um, once you are ready to release that book, I want to make sure okay. that we have that on and highlight that because that's going to be good stuff. But if you haven't already and you are tuning in later, either go to dougween.com or check out the the links in the show notes or on the in the comments. Make sure that you get you want to get notified when this book comes out because it's going to be a bestseller. It's going to sell out quicker than Doug even thinks. I don't think he realizes <laughs> the amazing value this is going to bring. Well, Brett, I sure appreciate this opportunity. Uh, I've enjoyed getting to to know you and your wife, and you, you've been so so kind to me. And and I look forward to seeing you at the uh, next month at Mastermind. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you'll hang out for a second, I'll go ahead and close this out. All right. Thanks, Brett. Absolutely. So again, like I said, go to dougwing.com right now, get notified of when that book comes out. Um, because that's going to be a book that can make a huge difference in, uh, in your business and in your life. I mean, that's, those principles are what I call evergreen principles. They're principles that you're always going to be able to apply. And I think it's going to land a book, be a book that lands amongst the classics because of the amazing principles that how taught Doug. So with that, I am going to go ahead and start closing us out. I do genuinely appreciate everybody that tunes in here. Thank you for your support and your viewership. I mean, we couldn't do what we do without you. And it, it definitely opens us up to um, continuing to give value to the leadership sales and marketing community. We will be live again on Monday. That'll be February 22nd. We will be live at 2 p.m., Eastern time. We will be live with none other, none other than Randy Chafee. And we'll, I'll get into all the details on him as we get closer to that. But I look forward to seeing you again on Monday live at 2 p.m. across all of the social networks. Make sure to tune in. If you enjoyed this show and it gave you some value, make sure you like and share so that more people can get this message. With that, I look forward to talking to you next time. And until then, I'm here just to keep reminding you, either give value or just don't bother. <laughs>